Okay, welcome back to another episode of Something for the People. I'm your host, B. Smooth, and today I have my illustrious guest, international man of mystery, Mr. Joquan Brown. Joquan, hey, how you doing? <laughs> man, chilling, man, hiding the motherfuckers and shit. Yeah, man. Yes, man, it's like, it's like uh, 90 degrees here, but it's like a thunderstorm coming through, so I hope, you know, it wash away all the sin so I can be, I can be pure again. <laughs> It is Sunday and shit, so hopefully we'll we, we see how that goes. All right, all right, man. So, as always, we always begin with just, you know, so you were born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Is that correct? Yep. yep. Born right. and raised all my life, man. Yeah. All right, man. So, what I want to know about you, man, you got you got a lot of siblings, man. How many siblings do you have? Uh, <laughs> on my mama's side, it's, seven, it's eight of us all together. Okay. I don't know about my daddy's side. I, I know I got an older brother. I just found out about another sister. I know somewhere he lived with like two or three of his kids. So there's a shit ton of them. Like, yeah. you know, Papa, Papa was a rolling stone, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, so all right. It might be you might have like 10, 11 other siblings. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I might have like, it might be like 20 of us. Yeah. No exaggeration. Yeah, you know. You know, you know, basketball team and a and a practice squad. You know, wrong with it? Listen, if we all get money, get beautiful things. Yeah, all right, man. So, uh, tell me what it was like, you know, growing up. You know, because I see you and your siblings are very close. So, what was it like growing up? You know, with siblings and these siblings I see on your mom's side. What was it like growing up? Oh man, I love them to death, man. They all they all doing their thing. All successful, growing. I'm the only, no, I won't say the only one. Me and the youngest said the twins, we're the only ones with our kids. So I got nine nieces and nephews right now that I know of, like I said, on my mama's side. And then on my daddy's side, I'm pretty sure I got more. But the ones I actually around, I got nine of them over here. So, you know, like growing up, my mama tried to make sure we all had, you know, even if we was, you know, we all come from some type of like living in poverty or something. So we didn't go without. So I won't complain about what we didn't have. I just thankful that my mama was there, you know, saying to make sure we was all taken care of. Um, we grew up in a household where nobody was treated like they was better than the other one. You know what I'm saying? We didn't have to deal with the whole colorism thing. If we experienced that, it came from people outside of the family. Like, nobody was better because some of my siblings were darker or some were lighter. So I'm real thankful for that. You know what I'm saying? So she, she's an amazing woman and just thankful to have her in my life. Uh, all right, so uh, so what what part of Milwaukee did you grow up on? Like what neighborhood? Uh, I'm from the east side. I stay on uh, off a uh, second and center. I've been on second most of my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, when I was coming up, it was sort of a rough neighborhood, but it ain't as bad as other ones here. I tell you that. So I ain't, you know, don't let me get on here acting like one of them hood ass niggas. Like you know what I'm saying? Like some hood oh, shit man. went down, but my mama <laughs> kept us out the streets. So I'm definitely not a street dude. Ain't no ain't no friend on my part. Yeah, man. So I mean, people probably not not watching the video, but you know, John uh, Quan has a AK forty seven while he's talking to me, so I'm being very careful. I believe the fair. I'm just sipping my cup of water, trying to stay cool in these parts. Yeah. All right, man. So um, we we're, we're around the same age. So tell me what it was like, you know, growing up. So we was born in the '80s, kind of like grew up in the '90s. What was the '90s like in Milwaukee? Man, good times, man. Like nowadays, you see everybody, they, 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 they're so obsessed with social media. But when we were younger, we were outside a lot. You know, like we watched our cartoons and stuff Saturday morning, uh, TGIF, all that. But when we were outside, we was outside kicking with friends. Like you legit, you know, the cliche goes around talking about how like the, the street lights when you had to go in the crib and be on the porch, curfew, whatever it was. That was real. You know what I'm saying? Like we had a lot of either close friends in the neighborhood or people that we was cool enough with that we just all, you know what I'm saying, enjoyed ourselves. Even with the violence and stuff that was around, you still had a good time. You just know when to sit your ass down. Yeah. All right. All right so what, what, what was school like in Milwaukee during that uh, time? Oh, see, me, I went to private school most of my life. Like, like I said, <laughs> we, lived in a, we lived in a rough neighborhoods, but my mother wanted a better life for us. So... I went to school, we wore uniforms and whatnot. You know, like you might have like a little scuffle there, but it wasn't no like, I, I didn't grow up in NPS. So it might've been, you know, it's a way different experience. I went back to the shit that was happening in the hood, 
But when I was at school, I didn't have to worry about that too much. Once again, like I said, I won't get on here front like I didn't, you know. Like I'm just out here just I got I got war wounds and shit. They ain't me, man. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man, I, I didn't know that about you, man. So uh, what was it like, you know, you kind of like split two worlds. You was like the private school world, then you had, you know, going back to the neighborhood world. How was you able to navigate that? Well, just like I said, like the the people that you kicked it with in the neighborhood, they knew, you know what I'm saying, where you were going, and they knew how my mama raised us and how she kept us. And I had, you know, you got certain family and stuff that might be and stuff that's going on in the neighborhood, and you got the family members that want you to have a better life from that. So you knew what to do and what not to do. Like I said, I'm from the hood. I'm just not a street dude. So I, I went out here selling drugs and all that stuff, but I also was a little street smart. I knew what the not the fuck to be in and around. I almost whooped my ass and all the rest of my siblings. So, <laughs> so we just wanted to get our education. You know what I'm saying? Can you repeat that part one more time? Because you kind of cut off a little bit. Oh, I was saying, like, I knew I wasn't a street dude, but we was all from the hood. So I knew... Not to be doing certain stuff, I was gonna get my ass whooped, and I also knew how to keep myself from getting my ass killed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't involved in none of the drug dealing. Uh, I wasn't no gang. I wasn't gang banging. None of that. You know what I'm saying? So that's what. And then my main focus myself. I was. I'm the old. I'm the second oldest. I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest son. So I wanted to set an example for my younger brothers and my sisters as well. And you know, like my mother was real into us having a education and you know making sure that we got out of the area that we were in as far as like the mentalities and the impoverished state so she just always pushed us to be better and do better even though we struggled that was something i kept in the back of my mind was you know not to let my mama down and not to be involved in shit that i knew could have fucked me over even if you know as a kid you know you see a lot of stuff that's going on with drug dealing and whatnot you want that fast money you want to have a better life but we also knew like i said because we had certain people around us where that life will lead. You're either going to be dead, in jail, or if you dig it out of it, you ain't got none of it left. You know what I'm saying? Unless you made wise investments. So I just left it all alone altogether. Uh, yeah, so I know you mentioned, you, know, you mentioned a lot about your relationship with your mother. What was your relationship like with your father at this time? Oh, I don't know that man. Though. Like, <laughs> I don't. Like, for real, I don't have nothing to get something, I don't, I don't know him at all. Like when I started meeting in the last few years, I met a few of my relatives uh, on his side through my older brother, who I found out about. We're like not even a full year apart, so I found out he'd been to a lot of places that I've been. You know what I'm saying? So I ended up going to a wedding. Um, my mom told me to go, and I'm like, okay, I just go check it out. So I met some of my my family members and whatnot, uncle. I didn't even know one of my uncles popped up at my uh, college graduation when I graduated from Marquette. I didn't know he was there. But my mom was telling me about it. So I don't really know too much about him other than the family members that keep popping up. You know what I'm saying? I don't wish nothing bad on her or nothing like that. I just He just wasn't around. Like My whole thing was I was around. My mother took care of us. And I had a stepfather. But when it comes down to it, my main role model was my mother. Okay. So, like... You know, him not being around, it kind of seemed like it really didn't bother you because, you know, your relationship with your mom was so strong. Yeah, I don't, like, legit, like, I, I understand, like, it's some people who wish they had that, that, that father figure around. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't miss it at all. Like, I know maybe if I was coming up, I would have had a lot more insight in life than I'm learning now. You know what I'm saying? Like, or over the course of the last decade or so, since I'm 34 now. But I've never looked for my father, like, you know, I never yearned for him. I can honestly say that. Like, I didn't yearn for him because I was so focused on making sure that I was a better me for myself, trying to be a role model for my siblings, and just making my mama happy since she had sacrificed so much for her. So instead of me focusing and being an asshole and being like, oh, where's my dad type of shit? I'm like, no, I got to make the person who's actually there and stood there for me, you know what I'm saying, feel, feel proud to have me as her son, so. All right. All right. So we're going, we're going a little bit back because, you know, I mean, you talked about like watching a lot of cartoons and I know you have like a lot of Ninja Turtles stuff. Like where did that, where did that love for the Ninja Turtles come from? They, they, <laughs> oh, they, 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 they got a Pontello hat. Hold on. I'm, I'm the fifth one. You know what I'm saying? Man, I, man, I ain't gonna lie. When I was younger, I loved Ninja Turtles, man. I had, I had the little, the, the wagon. I had all the figures. I had April O'Neil. I had, man. I was just obsessed with the turtles. Uh, I don't know where it came from. I just love Ninja Turtles. Uh, 
theme song, everything. So it was just, it kind of stuck with me. And then when I got older, I started seeing like all the stuff that they like the uh, the watches. I got a couple watches. Like that's the only thing I spoiled myself with. I got a regular watch, had a stopwatch, and then I just got the hat made for myself. So you know what I'm saying? Just some of the stuff we, you know, nostalgia. Some of the stuff we keep that you know you get older and you're like, oh, you, you know, people call you lame for liking stuff, and now it's like this big thing where it's like people obsess over like, oh, nerd culture, geek culture, and stuff like that. Not to incorporate it with what I'm doing, but just saying like. They start going crazy over stuff that you was doing when you was younger and you enjoyed. it. I just always been a fan of the Turtles, and that is what it is, dog. Yeah, because I remember I was a fan because I used to have a, I had like a large, uh, I had a large uh, Donatello uh, action figure. I had the book bag. I had the pajamas. And my uh, my my aunt tells me that like one of her friends came over and was messing with me, so I started doing some karate moves on them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you know, right now, like my the book bag I wear to class is a Hey Arnold book bag. Oh, thank. <laughs> yeah. He did it back. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right, man. So let's uh let's moving forward. Let's moving. What was uh teenage life like? You know, man, I I spent a lot of my time, like I said, um, I was really into art. So yeah. like in high school, that was one of my big things. I was real, I was a real timid, timid guy. So. The one thing that I connected with with people and just for myself, I expressed myself through my artwork. So I was in like a lot of art classes uh, in high school and then like right before high school. I used to just draw a lot, keep my sketches and whatnot to myself. And then because I was shy, I only had like a select few of friends in the neighborhood that I played with. Kept to myself, stayed around my. I had no siblings, but I didn't really have to. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you already had. You had built-in friends. Right, right, right. <laughs> And then uh, I, I was real big on I'm a I'm a naturally like just like a loner so I would do a lot of walking, listen to my music if I wasn't drawing, um, and I love bike riding. I used to go on bike trails a lot, so like that. I really like I say I really wasn't no like super you know like uh, adventurous dude. I just kept to myself. You know what I'm saying? Kind of went the same way as I got older too. You know. So uh, what what got you into like into art into drawing and stuff? Man, it was my it was my way of expression. You know what I'm saying of, of expressing myself when I felt that I couldn't. So for me, it was the pen. The pencil always listened. So if I was going through whatever it was, I would take it out of my artwork. I would go if it was and sometimes it reflected too. So like if I was angry, I draw like characters with like angry eyes and stuff. <laughs> Uh, if I like do tag art, whatever it was, it had like little like sharp points and stuff like that. I just like different styles, and I would practice them. And then, um, yeah, man, that was about it. Like I was in a stained glass class, uh, figure drawing classes. I could make jewelry. I man, I do all this shit just for the fun of it. It was it was just something. That, and then you know, it was a way for me to connect with people because, like I said, I was a shy individual. So the people that I was cool with. They might have been in my art class. They'd be like, oh, you know, dude can draw and stuff like that. Like, even if it wasn't, like, the best, that was, like, for me to connect with people. Like, oh, can I get a tattoo drawn and stuff like that? So it was one of those things where people see a, a talent that you have and you can connect with them and it just gives you, like, you know what I'm saying, motivation to, to do more. And, you know, that's pretty much my thing. So I, that's why that's why I value the one of the things I value the most is my drawing. Yeah, and everybody on SoundCloud, when you see the logo, the Be Smooth logo, Quan did that for me. Got much, much love for him for doing that. That's what oh, I yeah. did. <laughs> Man, have fun, dog. All right, let's just going back uh, to this drawing and stuff. Like, were you a fan of like anime? Because I know a lot of, a lot of guys I know who were into drawing when I was in high school. They were big, like Dragon Ball Z. Man, now they watching like, like Hunter Hunter, Hunter Hunter, and all that other stuff. Yeah, man. I used to watch. All, I used to watch all that. Like, I ain't. I don't know a whole bunch about all the anime or the mangas, but I used to watch all that shit. Like, drag the original Dragon Ball. Like when he was little with the tail and shit. <laughs> Dragon <laughs> Ball Z. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Like, oh, man. man, it was. I used to sit up at night watching them damn cartoons. Man, I loved them and shit. Yeah, because you knew when, like, Cartoon Network, it was time for anime, when it, it would switch. This, this Man, is for like, real, dog. They had, some, they had some dope ones, too. And, like, I didn't really I didn't really know about the ones that had the subtitles and stuff. You know, like, on Cartoon Network, they was all, they had them in English. You know, yeah. so you didn't need the subtitles. 
I tried watching one with subtitles. I was like, oh shit, like, <laughs> like this, this shit dope too. I got to make sure I read the screen fast and everything. <laughs> Yeah, because it was uh, it's one I'm watching now, uh, Hunter Hunter. Like it's it's dope. I'm like I'm like 50 episodes in, but mm. since I'm like I'm like bootlegging it. Like the the next like 50 episodes, they was like they weren't in English. They was like they was like Japanese with the English subtitle. And you <laughs> I just sit back and watch. I'm like then I just heard like some Japanese in the back. I'm like oh what? Like, I'm like oh I gotta read. I gotta actually pay attention to this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, that shit dope. Uh, so, um, okay, so you were you were, you, were, you, were, you got into art in high school. So, mm -hmm. when you were getting ready, like, what motivated you to go to college? Uh, once again, I was it was my mama. So, she was always, always on us about getting our education. And like I said, with me being the second oldest, my sister she started college. And you know, said so she was doing her thing. So I'm like, I got to get out here. And make something happen myself because I'm the oldest grandson too. So I was like, you know, like for me, it was a whole, it was pride thing. So I had to make my mama proud, my grandparents proud, my siblings proud. So once I got in to, you know, we, we got into uh, Marquette through EOP. But before that, nobody knows I applied for my ad, Marquette Institute of Art and Design here. And I ended up getting in with like a small scholarship, but I was turned away by it because when I went up there, like, they really didn't make you feel welcome, like the art students. I don't know if it was because it was, like, naturally weird or it just felt like, I don't know. I don't want to call it. It was so long ago and shit. But I was like, okay, let me try something else. So I applied for Marquette, and I didn't get directly in through just, like, getting in, but I ended up getting in through EOP, which honestly was, like, one of the best things that happened to me because I ended up meeting a lot of my closest people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I met my guy, my, my bro, Z, Steve, and all that. I met y'all. You know what I'm saying? So it was the end of the day. Everything worked out the way it was supposed to, but backtracking a little bit with my mother being so behind us and, you know what I'm saying, getting our education, that was my biggest motivation. So I was like, man, whatever it is, I got to graduate wherever I go. I got to graduate, make sure I get this diploma, get out here, everything will be amazing. Now, in hindsight, we know that you know, <laughs> it don't work like that. <laughs> like that, but... It is that motivation, so you know what I'm saying? It's still, it's still a great feeling to let her, to, for her to be alive and to see me and as many as my siblings already had graduated college, you know what I'm saying? It's still that, that, that motivational factor that helps me to keep going. But to get to those, four, I did four and a half uh, down in Marquette, but to get through, she was my main, like the voice that was in the back of my head, like, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you get up out of here and graduate, because ain't shit waiting back home, you know what I'm saying? Like... You got people in the neighborhoods that, you know, the drug dealers and everything like that. That money look good, but, shit, you you looking at people doing drive-bys here and shooting in the neighborhoods and stuff like that. And you got your own people. If You know, you don't know if if, if somebody asks you, you related to somebody, are they going to shoot you or be like, okay, you cool, that type of shit. So I'm like, nah, man. Like, <laughs> that's all my junior senior year. I was living on campus by then. I was like, I'm get away from this nonsense. All right, so um, like let's let's talk about let's talk about like your four years on campus. So like you get on campus, like what's what's it like? You know, you you out of that neighborhood and now you in you like on Marquez campus. You know, ninety percent white, I guess. Mm. I don't know the stats. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, like I said, because what I mentioned earlier, I went to private schools, schools, you know, what I'm saying where I wore uniforms and shit like all that. I had been around a lot of white people. Like, I had been around a lot of black people, too, that was outside of the hood, that went to the schools, too. But I knew going down there, it was going to be a lot of white people. So, once again, EO, going through EOP, the Education Opportunity Program, I met a lot of other minorities that I might not have been able to meet on campus, just, you know what I'm saying, seeing around. Because I know one thing, then, now, in the past, and probably in the future, you have it where you might have your own people look at you funny or you don't know if you can talk to them. Like, you want to migrate to them, but it's like, are they going to act a certain way? Like, where they come from? Because that's just the mentality that's been ingrained in some of us. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a up, it's, it's uphill battle. So it's like, oh, they don't fuck with me because they from either this neighborhood or they from this lifestyle. And it's like, dude, like, we all fucking black and shit. Like, <laughs> ain't that many of us down here. So yeah. once you get to that, 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 in that situation where you see the people that you actually cool with and they rocking with you, 
it makes you feel a little bit more comfortable. But to be completely honest, being in the classes, initially I felt like when I came in as a freshman, like, okay, I got something to prove. And as I started getting more into the semester, like, in the freshman going to sophomore year, I'm like, man, get the fuck out of here. Like, all these motherfuckers is dumb. Like, and not only that, like, for real, like, dead ass, like, not only that, they was getting skating by off of, like, I used to hate group projects, bro. Like, you being a, you being a group project and already you feel like you being black minority, you know what I'm saying, that you have to do two times of work, if not more, to get recognized. And then you there and you like, not only am I doing more than what my part is, I'm actually putting effort into it and shit, like doing research and whatnot. And I see these other motherfuckers just not doing shit. And I didn't even live on campus my first and sophomore year. So I'm taking early buses to, to get to, to the class on time. I'm leaving. And then you see at the end who's taking the credit and you like, okay. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to show you that I'm intelligent and I also don't have to like speak a certain way or dress a certain way to appease you because we have this thing where it's the standard is the white standard. It's unspoken, but you know what it is and shit. It's like, yeah. oh, you should do this because, because what? Because they're watching? Fuck this shit. So I can be in the classrooms where there's my hat banged or just a certain way and they're like, they're looking at you like, oh, you can figure out this problem or oh, you're raising your hand, you're participating. Yes, motherfucker, because I'm smart. Because I judge a certain way, that's you believing the stereotype. That shit ain't got nothing to do with me. Now give my motherfucking A and get out of my face and shit. Like that, that. <laughs> they charging us all the same tuition. Man, for real. Like you, you know when the, you know, you know when it's necessary to cold switch, which is a fucked up thing you have to do. But at the same time, you should be able to be comfortable if you're spending money at these universities to be who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like not talking about like acting ass or nothing, but be comfortable like you would be where you at. And still get your education without being questioned. So, like I said, after my first semester, maybe my first, like the freshman year, whatever it is, I just got more comfortable. Like, man, I can get these grades without pretending to be something I'm not and shit. Fuck that. Uh, that's what I'm telling, like, my, I tell my students now. I'm like, white people are not that smart. We just aren't unified. <laughs> that's the only problem we got. Yeah. Right. It, it really is true, dog. And, like, I'm, it's not even, like, talking down on them motherfuckers, but when you go to those classes and you see the effort that you put in, like it's like you don't base what you are off of what they hold as a standard because a lot of the motherfuckers was in the classrooms not knowing shit. I remember one of my Spanish, in my Spanish classes, though, I think it was my freshman year because that was one of my majors. I double majored in advertising and Spanish. So one of my classes, we used to get extra points of participation grade. We used to get these pesos. They were just eliminated like just a piece of paper that my teacher would hand out and it would go towards your grade. I participated so much that they stopped wanting to hand them out to me and shit. Like, they was just trying to get other people in the classroom to do them. And me and uh, Tiffany Brantley, you remember Tiffany, right? Yeah. She was, we were the only ones in one of our classes, and these motherfuckers would not raise their hands for shit. Like, the teacher didn't even want to call on us no more. It was sad. So I used to sit in the class and laugh and shit. Like, fuck y'all in here for? Like, <laughs> it's almost like, oh, I'm in here because it's part of my requirement. I don't really have to be here, but it's like, well, now that I know that I'm smarter than you motherfuckers doing this and another language, I don't feel bad. Shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, who the fuck are you to judge? You barely doing the work. And I'm out here putting in extra work, but I actually enjoy it. So it's like, I'm not going to sit here and hold myself back because you can't do this shit. That's on you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, show note. As I've been reading online, that white people don't like washing their hands or washing <laughs> their legs, they're they're gonna bring back the plague. So if it if it comes back, you know who to blame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole washing the that whole not washing the legs shit uh, is baffling, dog. I I I, I it was so hot here yesterday. I took a shower and all I could think was, this really motherfuckers out here not washing their stank ass legs. It's even like, man, the water gonna get it. I'm like, no, it's not, man. It's not. No, no, it no trickle no. down effect. <laughs> I don't understand why the fuck people even believe that. Like, if you washing the top, whatever you washing, the water fall down. It's dirt coming with it. You gotta wash <laughs> all these parts, you nasty motherfucker. You're not gonna wash your damn legs, especially you know it's a lot of these motherfuckers out here hairy. So you're not gonna wash your hairy ass legs and you wearing shorts and shit. Fuck out of here. Get your dirty ass away from me. I'm not eating no potlucks, none of that shit. Because you don't even wash your damn legs. I know you don't wash your hands. Nasty motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. That's a new rule of mine. I, I no longer shake hands. 
I'm like, I give, I give you a, I give you a fist pound, or if we real cool, I give you a hug. Other than that, I, <laughs> you ain't wrong, dog. Fuck the bullshit. Oh man. Yeah, All right, man. So, uh, so what? Like, what? What did you? Why you were in, in college? Like outside of academics, what did you? Uh, how was the campus life for you? It was pretty cool, man. Like, like I said, you know me. I, I do a lot of sightseeing and whatnot. So, even with the buildings, I used to like walk around. You know, what I'm saying, looking at the different shit that was going on around there. Most of the time, when I had some free time outside of class, I was just hanging around with my guys. You know, what I'm saying, like Steve, Zenim, and then like if I saw y'all around, we meet up, whether it be a BSC meeting or something like that. But that was about it. And like I said, I'm from Milwaukee, so it wasn't like a big thing for me where like people who were coming in, they're like, oh my God, this is Milwaukee. Like, y'all impressed by this? I'm like, where the fuck are y'all from? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, lo I love my city, but I'm seeing stuff. They're looking at like, I'm like, you must come to somewhere even smaller, huh? Because you I'm think this is like, like that. <laughs> I'm like, this shit ain't Chicago. Like, it ain't big like Chicago. You get what I'm saying? But like I said, it's people who from, uh, smaller cities and whatnot that just can't enjoy themselves. But the one thing I thought was funny, well it wasn't funny, but it was is the ones who would get on the shuttle and go to the wrong neighborhood and I'm like, don't do that shit. Why are you going up to fucking twenty second? Stay your ass in the parts that you need to know. Stay on campus. Stay on seventh, sixteenth, seventeenth, don't go up no further. Cause if you go up and you hit that right, you'll be right in the damn hood. Leave that shit alone. You're not safe in those parts. I don't even go to those parks, and I'm from the hood and shit. I know my hood. I go to a few other hoods, but I'm not one of them people who, you know what I'm saying, I, I'm on every hood. I can go everywhere. People will still shoot and rob your dumb ass. And if, you, and if, you, and if you're not one of us, you, you just, you, you, you right there for the picking and shit. You know what I'm saying? Broad daylight, uh, Broad daylight. Yeah, man, a lot of them people are, you know, a lot of white students who go to like students from like suburbs and they go to sc uh, schools in the cities like either be like they in New York, Chicago, LA, Milwaukee, Philly. Mm -hmm. They walk in licks. So congratulations. You you helping out fund the hood. <laughs> <laughs> fund the <laughs> That's how I feel, oh, dog. This shit crazy, man. Yeah. So um okay man, you so so you you leave Marquette in uh two thousand seven? Yeah. All right. So after you leave Marquette, what's next for you? Man, not a damn thing. Get out. Like I said, you feel like, you know, you go, when you go to college, a lot of people, you get sold that dream that when you get out, you're going to either find your dream job or something close to it. Ain't wrong and shit. <laughs> not me. Like, it's hard to get an entry-level job, you know what I'm saying? You're struggling with money and whatnot. Like, I tell people all the time, like, I'm transparent. So when I got out, when I finally got work, my first thing was doing, um, it was a seasonal job shoveling snow. So, like, I was making good money, but it was only, like, days where, like, it was, like, heavy snowfall and shit. You know what I'm saying? But it was, it was like, wearing tear on the body because it'd be days we would go out, like, negative degree weather. I literally have on three, four layers of clothes. It got so bad that I had lost weight and didn't know. So, like, when I went to the gym every now and then when I didn't have work, I go to the gym like a damn stick figure, dog, like a human version of a stick figure and shit. My head already big, so when I got to the, I was like, damn, I lost 10 fucking pounds. Like, this shit ain't good. I was exercising, didn't know I was burning off all that damn weight under all these awful clothes and shit. Yeah. So, you know, then after that, I just start, uh, I, I, I did that for a while, and then I start, um, you know, since I started getting my artwork out there more, uh, designing stuff with my little brothers and whatnot, so we started pushing, uh, like, little clothing here and there, just been working on that, trying to get that established, but, yeah, man, it's, it, it was, it was rough, you know what I'm saying, it still, it still be rough these days, you know, but, coming straight out of college, definitely, it, it wasn't unlined up, it was, it's never that easy unless you had, you know, like, somebody either who was looking out for you, or if the internships, depending on what your major is, like, that's another thing, too, is, it, it's, who you know and what major you had. And mine was really like, okay, you went for advertising. Like, it's not that hard to sell shit. But, like, the intro labor jobs were so trash. It was like one of those, it was almost like those, I tell people all the time, corporate America is a pyramid scheme, it's just a guaranteed check. So, like, when people actually do pyramid scheme, they're really not getting nothing. So, the, with corporate America, somebody's always at the top and it's a trickle-down effect. But the jobs they had out there were, like, eventually you start reading it to, 
like what they were looking for. The base pay was trash. You weren't getting paid nothing, man. So I was like, fuck it. Let's do manual labor and shit. Like, I ain't no pretty boy. So I go out there, get my hands dirty and whatnot, get the money, pay some bills, and be on my way, man. But anybody who's going to college, I, I hate that they... I hate that they feed you that the technical colleges and stuff are like bad or like, you know, the universities are better because there are people who are going to get trades and whatnot making more money or people who didn't finish college that are making more than more money or like doing careers they enjoy than people who went four years and they in debt and shit, you know what I'm saying? And that's all in hindsight. Like, we older now, but that's why I won't tell nobody, like, oh, shit, oh, like up here, you know, we got MATC, so people used to be like, oh, no, you don't go to MA or don't go to UW, UW-Milwaukee. Uh, because they're not great schools or they're not as good as like a Marquette or something like that. Bullshit. It depends on what you go for and you actually got to do your own research. Don't let nobody tell you where the fuck to go because your ass will end up in debt and they're not going to pay your shit. And Sally Mae is, huh, that, that's a motherfucking pimp right there, dog. Pimping ain't there. <laughs> Man, the United States government student education, the biggest pimp in America. Man, you know Only never you can't discharge if you file for bankruptcy or student loans. <laughs> real like we're getting our money, man. No, real life, no. Like, except real. for me, man. This is this debt is going to the grave, man. Y'all better try to dig it, dig it up. I ain't paying you a dime. Real <laughs> I'm still in school. You're not you're not getting a dime out of me. It's real out here, dog. Real. Mm-hmm. All right, man. So um, so but now in this time, man. You see, you you wrote a book in this time, man. What was that? What was that like? Oh, when I uh, you said when I wrote my book, yeah. That was, man, I remember when uh, everybody when I was writing, I know you, Vade, and them all were telling me to publish my book, and one day I just finally did a few years back. It wasn't like a hardcover or nothing like that. It was just a digital book. So I was like, let me take this stuff I've been writing and do something with it. You know what I'm saying? So it sold some copies. I might promote it again later on. But it was just one of those things that I was like, let me stop telling myself what I can't do. And I just go out and do it because I used to have a bad time with self-sabotage. So I'd be like, it ain't my time to be happy, which is what I tell people all the time, one of the dumbest things I ever told myself. Like, there's no time for you not to be happy. You should always be happy with things that you do, your accomplishments and stuff, and don't let nobody tell you otherwise. So I was like, fuck it, let me, do, let me publish this book. And then I never looked back. So, I, you know, I haven't written in a while, but I got a lot of stuff that I wrote, and I'm trying to get back to the swing of things, but... Yeah, man, I had I had fun doing that one, dog. It was just, it was, the book was called Lovers in Love. So, you know, it was just going, it was like a, a battle between the heart and mind, you know what I'm saying, something like that. I got other stuff that I wrote, but that one would just focus on that type of thing, you know, like dealing with either my own relationships or stuff I've heard people talk about and trying to get them an understanding of what they might have been going through, you know what I'm saying? So that was about it. Just had a good time. Something simple I was just writing, that's all. All right, man. They, they can get that. Is that available on Amazon? You can get that on yep. Amazon. All right. Yep. Uh, there's Love versus In Love. Uh, Joe Quan Brown. Look for that on Amazon. Download that to your Kindle. Oh, thank you, thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, man. But um, but uh, like a couple of years, a couple of years ago, I know you went like in a uh, you were real, you were a real bad car accident, man. So can you tell, tell us about that, man? Because it was uh, we was all praying for you, man. Man, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, mm-hmm. I was coming back from taking my brother to work and what happened was I slid through a light because they hadn't shoveled so mm-hmm. I didn't know in what happened I ended up hitting the pole and cracking my frontal lobe so a, a nigga was almost dead you know what I'm saying but uh I survived you know what I'm saying I look like quasi moto for a minute but I, I, I got through it you know what I'm yeah. saying Luckily, I had my mama and all my, my people behind me, so I appreciate y'all with the with the prayers and checking up on me and whatnot, man. So, definitely blessed. Definitely blessed to still be here. Right, man. So, uh, so right now, man, I see you, all your designs, man. I, I, don't, I don't have it now, man. I'm, I would wear it for the video. The hustle hat. You got the hustle hat. You got you got the, you got the, uh, the Brewers hat, man. You got all the uh, you do all the Greek stuff, man. So like, tell us about that business, man, because you got a lot of stuff out there. <laughs> man, I, yeah, man. I, I just like I said when I started design, I was like, this is something I want to do, it's something I've been wanting to do, just make it happen. I uh, I was doing the Greek stuff for a minute, but I just I really that really was my main thing. So I just said, I'm like, man, like I used to 
when I was in high school, that's one of the things. In high school, I always wanted my own clothing line. <laughs> and I just kind of let it go. I let it go by, and I was like, fuck it. And then when I got a few years ago, I just started designing stuff. My brothers and them, and I, they was like, man, make this happen. I just, you know, we went from there. Um, I've done a couple custom things, and some of the stuff that I did was like uh, paying tribute to um, like the home teams and whatnot, stuff like that. Um, I got some other personal designs that are more universal that had meaning behind them. Like my newest one is my poet design. So it's got like the uh, the microphones going, you know what I'm saying, like backing each other, spelling poet out. That's one of my favorite ones. Um, I got a motorcycle design that uh, was inspired by one of my people. And uh, uh, it's it's music notes and it makes a motorcycle. So that was something else. And I got, a, I got a couple more too right now that I'm waiting to put out, but you know, I just wait for the copyrights and stuff to come back so I'm official. Yeah, you want to be official? Try to, try to be official as, as I possibly can with those, man, because it's so easy to just take people's stuff and run with it these days, especially with people not either not being creative or just wanting to make a quick dime. I'm like, shit, I would love to have the fast money, but I like quality, you know what I'm saying? So, right, so um, like, where, where can they see all your designs? Uh, on Facebook is Gemini Apparel, uh, G. M N I and then apparel, um, and then also Instagram at Gemini Apparel. Uh, it's not the full word, like I said, Gemini is G M N I, and uh, those are my main two right now. So if you see something you like, you can hit me up on those DM instant, you know what I'm saying, and message me. Uh, like I said, still working on stuff, about to try to release something, another new design, um, in the next month or so, but. We'll see how it goes. I might just ride with this one right now and the other ones. Uh, and then come out with something later when it gets a little cooler and shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, there's one more thing before we, uh, before we end off on this segment. I know you do, like, a lot of, like, charity walks. I know you do, like, the, you do the AIDS walk. You do, like, I think the breast cancer walk. What, like, what got you interested in doing, like, all of those walks? I see you, like, every year, man. It's, like, a 10 years going for you, man. Man, I've been, you know, like you said, I've been doing them since, shit, undergrad really started in about 05 after we crossed. Uh, me and Zia used to go and then being involved, well, like I said, with Black Student Council, we would go uh, with some of the students down there. Like, you know, me and Baden, we used to always be at the A's walk and whatnot. And I just like, man, I just like, one, I like walking and I like community service. So I'm like, it's two and one, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you win it. With both of them, so I like to be down for the causes, but I don't really like. You know, how some people do shit for social media and stuff. So like, I, I, it's something I enjoy doing, but I don't really like talking about that much. Cause if you're gonna do it, do it. You know what I'm saying? But you're gonna do it just for the plaudits and whatnot. Just leave it the fuck alone. I've seen too many people, whether they be in Greek letter organizations or whatever they down there for, they taking the pictures. But they're not doing the walks, like real talk. Yeah. And, that, and that was something that kind of like, it was, it didn't really upset me, but it kind of made me look at it funny. And I'm like, well, that's why you go down there, you do it for yourself and not for those particular individuals. Like, so y'all taking pictures and standing here and clapping and motivating people, but you ain't did shit. Like, you, you didn't help set up, you weren't part of the walk, you just came down there for a photo op. So I put on my headphones, I do my own thing. And then with the breast cancer, like the AIDS walk is, you know, that's pretty self-explanatory. You want to make sure people out here safe, you know, practicing safe sex and making sure that something like that doesn't happen with them, even though we know it's not just about having sex. You can be transferred, you know, to shit like with people with, uh, with parents and whatnot, depending, you know, I'm, everybody got their own way of talking about that and discussing it and whatnot. But for me, it was just something that, I enjoy doing and I just went from there. With the breast cancer walks, I actually have people that I know for certain that are affected by that. So that's one of those causes where it's like I'm going to try to be at one or both every year as much as I can because I'm actually walking for people that I, that, you know, that I care about in no personal, on a personal level. Um, also, one thing that I hate that I miss is a lot of times is the lupus walks because that's something my mother is affected by, lupus and fibromyalgia. So... Mm -hmm. Eventually, I'm going to get to one of those, 
but right now, whichever ones I find, I try to get to them or at least share them. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, diabetes walks and stuff like that. I got family that deal with those issues. So any walk you see me at or promoting is something that either I hold near and dear or I just feel like going and supporting individuals who are going through it because, you know, it's, just feel like the right thing to do. Yeah, because I remember when I, when I first met you, like I didn't know you were like in a black Greek letter organization until yeah. I saw you do a community service. That was like, because everybody like, I used to see like wearing like Greek letters. It was always on campus, always flashing. I was like a gang type thing. But you, only time I saw you wearing your colors was when you was actually in service. <laughs> I just thought that was dope, man. Because you, you, like, you was fulfilling like what the organization is about, you know? Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I really didn't, it really wasn't for, it really wasn't something to flex with for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, even now, I'm still part of it, but I'm not that involved, so I, you won't see me out here wearing my letters like that, like, oh, I'm so, I'm part of this, I'm pro this. Like, no, like, you, you're part of it for life, but if you're not involved as you once were, why well, go out there in front of it? Like, some people, and either will it be the, 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 the male, uh, or like I say, the fraternity or sorority, they go and they get into them because they weren't, they didn't have their own identity before it. So they go and they go for the the perks that come with it. You know, so we we keep it PG, the perks and whatnot. <laughs> you know, things that happen. You know, at the parties. <laughs> right, right, right. And I, and me personally, I don't. I'm an introvert. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit anyway. Like my main thing was the community service and the educational aspect of it and inspire other individuals who might want to be part of those organizations. Not even necessarily mine, but another one, you know what I'm saying, to come forth and do stuff that will help in our own communities. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, I know it sounds kind of, you know, like corny or whatnot, but actually be part of something that's a bigger purpose than just yourself. So I didn't really give a fuck about the party and stuff. I know it's part of it, but I legit did not give a single solitary fuck about party, which sometimes it cause problems because it's like, why are you not part? Because I don't want to and shit. Like, <laughs> this is something that's more important to me. So, but yeah, I, I appreciate that, man. Thank yeah, you. man. Oh, it don't sound corny to me, man. Maybe we need to, other people need to be more corny, man. Might change something, man. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, man. So, uh, uh, just moving on. So, we moved on there. Make sure you check out uh, Gemini Apparel on Facebook, Gemini Apparel on IG. That's uh, G-M-N-I, correct? Yeah, G-M-N-I. Yeah. All right, so make sure you check that. So now we're moving on to People's Choice. So, uh, Quan, what was, that? what was that that you wanted to uh, discuss? Oh, okay. So recently I've seen a lot of people who are kind of uh, passive-aggressive and shit <laughs> or <laughs> subliminals that either want to be entrepreneurs, they just have stuff going on, period, and it's always a, you know, like, they don't support you, yada, yada, yada. Man, at some point, you got to say, fuck people, and just push yourself. Like, it's great to have a support system, but you got to understand something is that you're not a movement until you're moving. You'll have people who have been there with you from day one, you got people who will come that'll be new. You got your A ones, day ones. They can overlap or be separate. Always be thankful for anybody that supports you, but understand that nobody owes you anything. Like if it's something, that, if it's your dream, you have to get up every day and motivate yourself. Like of course you need people's money. Of course you need, you know, what I'm saying the moral support every now and then. But if you don't get up and push yourself, then you were never really serious. But you're gonna have people. I, me personally, I don't believe in myself having haters. So if I get up and somebody doesn't like something that I'm doing, that just means they don't like that particular thing that I'm doing. If they show me love on something else, cool. If they don't, they don't. At the end of the day, if somebody else likes it and they bring me money for it or whatever it is, even better. But if it's something that you believe in and it's you put, putting yourself behind it, you're going to be the one who's going to get up and motivate yourself the most because the people are not going to wake you up every day and be like, you need to go do this, you need to go that. If you have people like that, Great. Always show them love. Always. But constantly crying and complaining and saying, I don't need people for this, I don't need people for that. When I get on, I'm going to do this. You focus on the wrong shit. If your focus is proving people wrong all the time or when I get on, I'm going to do this, they laughing at you anyway. They don't get no fuck. Whether they got money or whatever it is, they might be not supporting you because you took that first step. You know what I'm saying? And, and you have to actually look at 
take a step back sometimes and assess how far you've come. You might not be exactly where you want to be, but you made those steps that other people either didn't want to do or can't do because they might be afraid or they just might be happy where they're at. Everybody don't want to do what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? And that's another thing. Stop making it seem like somebody's against you all the time because they're not doing the shit you're doing or that they're not supporting what you want to do. Like, they just might not be behind you on that shit. And waste your time every day looking to see who's actually going to support you is not going to do anything but either make you depressed or angry, whatever it is. Whatever emotion you feel, you're just going to be sitting back cooped up wondering, damn, how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do this. Fuck it. You got to keep on getting up and do the shit yourself. You can't always be worried about who's not going to support you. And you send the subliminals on Facebook and IG and all that shit. Ain't gonna help you none because if they really hating on you or if they really out there laughing at you like you think they are, they read your shit and they know you're talking about them. And you making it seem like, real talk, you making it seem like you're not getting anywhere with your dreams. If you, if you spend, I'm not talking about like every now and then, of course you're gonna get frustrated. Like that's being realistic, we're human. But constantly, constantly talking about it every day or every two or three days about who's not supporting you or fuck such and such, and they this, they that. You know how the world works. Yeah, so what what advice would you give to an entrepreneur, like, starting right now? Um, I would say have a plan of attack. Like, you really do have to have a plan. Sometimes it's just, like I said, taking that first step and whatever that you're doing, take a leap of faith. Then after that, you got to say, okay, what I want to be in the next few years. And that, it, it might change. You know what I'm saying? Your plan might change, but... The main goal yeah. is to make whatever it is that you want to happen, make it happen. Things are going to happen where the, the strategy might have to switch up a little bit. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or your tactics, you might have to change this. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a give or take sometimes. you got to see what works the best. Right. Here or there, you know what I'm saying? Like, you might have to pay for ad space if you want to. Or you say, no, I'm going to just do it all on my own. You, gotta, you can't be afraid to get out there and... Get in the trenches. You got to grind for what you want. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you might not see people, like, if they interview you, like, doing folding or jewelry, whatever it is. Those people not, might not wear your stuff. Guess what? You got a whole ass body, right? Wear your own shit. Walk around with business cards. Somebody see yours, they're like, where you get that from? You got the store? Nope, but I can tell you where to get it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You hand that card right to them. Or the people you rock with, make sure that when you, if you're rocking with them on a certain level, they might be wearing your stuff or promoting it. You know what I'm saying? And then you do the same thing for them. If you got a team, your team ain't always about who's working for you. You know what I'm saying? It's about who's working with you. Now, it might seem similar, but what I mean by that is you paying somebody, you know what I'm saying, to like push this, promote this, and the other. Then you got people who legit just want to see you prosper. You're like, you know what? Y'all took that first step that I didn't even ask you to do. You really rocking me. What you got? Let me push you now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have for me and then have to. So, as soon as you said, you know what I'm saying? As soon as you hit me up, I'm like, man, win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you, you rock with me on that level. You didn't have to. You didn't owe me shit. But you came through and you looked out for me. And I remember that. I tell people all the time. Even if I don't speak on it or I don't talk to everybody every day, I know every person who came through and rock with me. You know what I'm saying? Even if I don't know all their faces, I know. I have receipts and shit. And I'm not talking about like, <laughs> Paper receipts, like, I legit know who's fucking with me. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and you also, too, can't have this mentality of always, what have you done for me lately? Because then you'll fuck up some with people that was rocking with you. They just had something that went on their lives. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can't support you in the manner in which you think they should or hope they should. You can't really have that many expectations. You might be like, no, this, I want you to get this or I need somebody to get this. Well, somebody has a, a parent or something that's ill, or they got ill, they got bills. You don't know what's going on in everybody's life. So if they support you in another way, whether it be sharing something, word of mouth, and you got other people coming and they getting, they getting stuff from you, you have to appreciate them. You know what I'm saying? Don't always make it seem like they didn't look out for you in this one particular instance that they're not fucking with you at all. Because then you find out, like, oh, how did you find out about me? It's like, oh, such and such told me. It's like, damn. The other day, I was just saying, man, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, can't, you can't be like that, man. Like, just somebody might come get four or five products or whatever service you offer. They might hit you up like five, six times in a month. You know what I'm saying? Every two months. 
and then you might not hear from them. Some real life shit might have happened to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you have to be understanding as well in this. Like, you're gonna, like I said, you're gonna have your frustrations and whatnot every now and then. Whatever it is you're doing, whether you're selling something, offering the service, whatever it is you're doing out there, just make sure that you one, like I said, have a plan, understand what comes with it, knowing that you have to be one of your biggest motivators, if not your biggest motivator, and just dealing with the times when you know you're gonna have super highs and super lows. Because you're going to get some good-ass highs, but you're going to hit some rock bottom. You're going to hit some things with rock bottom. you got to understand that comes with the territory, but you're going to keep no, on No, social media said that it's always high. Everybody making six figures, man. It's man, hey. you lying to me? <laughs> hey, I'm trying to get like you, dog. Let me, where those six figures at, dog? Let me get some of that. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, man. But. Yeah. yeah, man. So, uh. It was, it was another topic I wanted to bring up. It's like you and I are both on social media, and we both, outside of when I'm actually promoting something serious, it's just, it's just fun and games, man. So yeah. <laughs> tell me about, like, when you on social, when people take social media too seriously, because most of the time, 90% of what I'm doing, unless it's promoting something, I'm joking. Yeah. Thank, man, same here. I be bullshitting all the time, like. It's funny because people will take you serious when you're joking, and then when you're joking, they take you serious, which is, that's part of life, but a lot of shit, I just be bullshitting, uh, like, it's just for fun. That's what it's supposed to be for. Like, if you're not promoting or you're not selling something, you can't be that serious. Like, it's great to pass on information, like, like I said, to help the communities and stuff like that, but other than that, you can't take all that shit so seriously. Motherfuckers like, oh, let me read into this. You're going to read into them like a dumbass because I'm not doing half of the shit I'm talking about. Like, I, I write a whole bunch of bullshit when I, you know what I'm saying, either I'm in the middle of doing something I'm actually supposed to be doing productive-wise, or just like, oh, I'm going to go post some dumbass shit today. Yeah. And I tell, I tell people, like, I really just posted some dumbass shit. Like, don't don't DM me, don't, like, private message me, whatever the fuck they call it, whatever the young folks call it. Don't do none of that shit thinking any of this shit is some invitation. I'm not trying to fuck you. I'm not trying to do none of that shit. I am here for the laughs. The fucking, like, all the shit. I'm here for the instant tears with the laughter, the memes, that shit. That's it. I'm not here to try to get no dates, none of that shit. Don't even assume it's that shit. Leave me the fuck alone, because if I tell you some bullshit, I'm not going to come to your inbox trying to fuck you. I'm not going to send you no pics, none of that shit. It's all fun and games. Like, stop taking that shit so seriously. Anyone will be like, oh, you know how people post that, uh, you really think you know my life from posting this? But some people, it's true. Some yeah. people, it's not true. They use it as a cover-up. Either way, I don't give a fuck. That's your life. If I fuck with you, I'm going to make sure you cool. You know what I'm saying? If you post something that seems like it's like, ah, right, this kind of out of place. But other than that, I'm not finna. Your life is your life. You got to live your shit. You know what I'm saying? Just make me laugh. That's all I ask. Just make put up some memes. Write a dumbass status. I'm going to laugh about it. I'm never going to take that shit seriously. And I know some of my people, I just be like, I know they posting this shit for bullshit. But watch how many fucking jump on their status thinking they serious. Like, whatever, man. You have a nice, like, y'all motherfuckers have a nice day and shit. Worried about what the fuck the next person writing in a hundred some characters and shit. Yeah. But, and, and as I noticed something, it was like a real, I don't know, it's a real big swift, like, on social media, like, Facebook, uh, Twitter, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. like after, like, like Mike Brown and Ferguson, everybody wanted to become an activist. And they don't even, you can't even make jokes no more. Man. <laughs> It's, oh, like, you found out she was black when Mike Brown died. <laughs> it's sad. And, and the fucked up part, the fucked up part about it is, dog, like, when you look at things like police brutality and racism and all that shit, it's real. And a lot of that stuff really is sales. I tell people, you know, they always say sex sales, racism sales. All this shit sales, propaganda, all of that. At the end of the day, there are certain jokes that are going to be made that it's like, dude, I'm not even just talking about those particular topics, but it's like you can't make fun of anything anymore because everybody's offended. Me, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to make fun of it. Like, unless it's something that's just, like, super serious, get the fuck up, like, delete me and shit. I don't give a damn. I'm pretty sure I got people who are either closet racist or just blatantly racist on my friends list. I'm pretty sure I got Trump supporters. I don't give a fuck. They going to post some dumbass shit. I'm going to laugh at it. I still know I'm a black man in America, living in one of the most segregated cities in America, in Milwaukee. Like, you could legit come here and know what side of town is going to carry what people and shit. Anybody here would tell you that. 
So what the fuck? I just want my, I, I like my racism just right, like, you know what I'm saying, like, I like my racism right in my face, like, let me know that you don't like me and shit, that's all I ask, yeah, don't pretend, I don't give a fuck, like, you calling me a nigger and all that shit, I know people get offended by that, I don't give a damn, that's not my name, my mama didn't, my mama didn't name me that shit, it's not gonna hurt me at the end of the day, I'm not telling anybody else how to respond to it, you respond how you want to respond to it, with me, I'm not finna go shoot a motherfucker in the face because they said nigger. I'm going to keep on going. Now, you, if you get in my personal, my intimate space, then we got a problem. You can yell that shit from your car. You can yell that shit from your porch. You can yell that shit on social media in the comments box. There's a lot of internet warriors. I don't give a fuck because I don't got to see you. You're not man or woman enough to say that shit. Fuck you. But what I will tell you what's hilarious is all these motherfuckers who get fired from their jobs and shit and then apologizing later. That shit is humorous. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, love I love that. that song. Play it Great. again. <laughs> That shit is great. You hear me? Because what these motherfuckers don't understand is, I'm pretty sure a lot of these CEOs are racist, biggest, whatever else it is. But you know one thing a rich white person sees more than another white person? The fucking color green. They don't give a damn about your white ass. You think they did because before this social media got as big as it did, you can say and do whatever the fuck you want and be okay. But guess what? As soon as you say some shit, black Twitter and everybody else on your way. They know your address. They know where you work. And guess what? Then business is going to be like, we're not taking this hit. Guess what? You're fired. Sorry, Susan. They don't give a damn how long you've been working there. Yes. Sorry, Mike. You got to go. Like, they don't give a fuck. And now you're like, oh, you guys want to be behind? You weren't behind me? Of course not. They green is more important to you than fucking greenbacks and them blue faces. You talk about seeing black and white? Okay, at the end of the day, motherfuckers see green. That's it. Unless you probably go down like one of them real ass racist states and cities where you're like, you know what? We don't want black people eating here anyway. We're not going to fire her and shit. But other than that, if you're a big ass company, come on, man. They're going to let your ass go because you're not an asset at that point. You're a liability. And as soon as these dumb motherfuckers realize that, then maybe they'll keep this shit to themselves. If they're racist, they're going to be racist when they go home. Learn when to keep your mouth shut and shit. Yeah. You lose your job, I don't give a fuck. But I have kids. Yep, and they probably little assholes like you. Or you raise them to be that way. I don't give a fuck. I hope you find something. But if you don't, yeah. Nah. Make your bad sleep into this shit. <laughs> yeah, man. That's dope. And no, for, that's for everybody know. The racist on uh, Quan's friend list is me. White people, <laughs> I, I, I got to air you out every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. White people keep listening. Alright, <laughs> uh, right, man. So we gonna, we're going to end this off with uh, what I always do with all my guests. Uh, what was the last book you read, last movie you watched, last song you listened to? Uh, last book I read was my own. Like I said, just working on some new pieces and compiling them. So, as far as other people, sorry. I haven't read any of your books. I need to. I'll get on that. Otherwise, I'll probably lose my black card. Uh, you know, I want the whole taps and everybody else coming after me and shit because I didn't read recently. Oh my god, I'm gonna die. I'm not intelligent. I ain't stupid though. I don't know shit. But uh, last movie, oh shit, last movie I watched is either the old school original Mortal Kombat or King Arthur. I went to sleep watching one of them. I think it was Mortal Kombat. Okay. Yeah, with Shane Stone. Yeah. And what was the last question? There was a few. Last song you listened to? Last song? Hmm. That I can think of off the top of my head, probably Strawberry Twenty Letters, uh, Strawberry Twenty Three by Brother Johnson. Ah, that's that's a classic summer song right there. Play that Letter, Strawberry Twenty Three, man. That's that fucking guitar solo. Huh. That's real shit. It's dope. Well, Quan, I don't want to thank you for being my guest this week. Oh uh, yeah, man, have fun. Uh, get love versus in love on Amazon, Gemini Apparel, G M N I Apparel, Facebook, Instagram, and as always, people, be good and drink your water. Stay hydrated. Peace. Man, for real, appreciate it, bro. Oh my